Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the risen Christ. I don't know how old everyone is here. I'm sure you're not as old as I am. So some of you will have to put in this in your imagination because this happened a number of years ago. If you think back to a number of years ago, there was a man with a soothing, melodious voice who came on television advertising his company. And he was extending a welcome to each of us to come and stay at his lodging in that motel chain. It was Motel 6. Do you remember Tom Bodette? This name sounds familiar, doesn't it? And Tom Bonnet, Baudet had a folksy commercial on the radio and on television to make it sound like a friend was talking to you. A friend who has prepared a room for us and will go to the, any extent to make sure that our stay in that motel is a comfortable one. Listening to Tom, we come to understand that Motel 6 isn't one of those big, fancy chain, to, chain uh, motels or hotels. And he re, re, refers to that in how he says his motel is. He says that I don't overcharge, I just give you the basics. He tells us the rates are posted on every Motel 6 lobby so that we know that we are being charged a fair price. Early on, Tom Bodette became kind of a friend to all of us who traveled. We knew that if we went to his hotel, we would get a clean room and the bare necessities for an affordable price. And it didn't matter if we wanted to have a television, we were willing to pay a little extra, or to sleep in a twin bed, pay a little extra, or even to bring along an extra guest. We were willing to do that. For at Motel 6 prices, we could do without luxury because we were staying at a friend's place. Who can forget that last line that Tom Baudet said at every commercial. We'll leave the light on for you. You're right. Yep. Isn't that what we do when we're expecting out-of-town people coming? A lot of times we'll flick on that outdoor porch light so that they have an idea of which house it will be. You're out of luck if all of them are lit at the same time, but uh, you get the idea. If one is just lit, more than likely that's the place you're looking for. As the expectations of traveling America grew, Motel 6 stretched its hospitality. Just getting a cheap room wasn't enough for some people, so Motel 6 added some amenities to make it homier. Kids could stay for free. You could bring pets along, and your room doesn't have to smell like old smoke. You can go into rooms that no smoking is allowed. Not just 
Not only does Tom leave the light on for you, though, now he would even put a pot of coffee on for you so that when you wake up in the morning, you have something to get. Now, that's mighty neighborly, isn't it? Well, this isn't a commercial for Motel 6. I don't have stock in the company, and I don't even know if they're still out there as much as they used to be. But it is a commercial for hospitality. Following Jesus Christ, we need to be aware that we how we should extend hospitality. And Tom Bodette is a good example. He's a good teacher. Of course, hospitality can be a risky endeavor. And like all public lodging places, Motel 6 occasionally had guests who abused the amenities that the establishment provided. Hospitality can be a risky also for us in our homes. As anyone who has ever opened his or her home to guests knows, hospitality can lead to enduring mutual friendships, benefiting both host and guest, or we can get a guest who takes advantage of our gracious will, and we kind of dread having invited them in. Of course, another risk of being hospitable is a dangerous guest. And unfortunately, fear and harm, and even simple prudence, may prevent us from opening our doors to some. And one of the more, one more risk we might take as being hospitable is that our hospitality might be turned down, rejected. Yet overall, hospitality is a virtue. The way that we treat a neighbor or even a stranger shows a lot about our character. Jesus knew the importance of hospitality. He knew it played an important role in preaching of his kingdom and the message of him coming. So when Jesus sent out those 70 followers to prepare people for his coming, they did that. And they listened to his instructions how to receive hospitality. He taught that those who labor for the Lord deserve to be paid for their work. He told them to graciously accept what people offered them without thought of compensation. They were to stay in one house the entire time, and they were in a, when they were in a particular town or area, and not go from place to place, in return, they would bless those people by their healing of the sick and letting these hospitable hosts know that the kingdom of God was close to them. But given the urgency, the urgency of the mission of the 70, when they encountered places that, they were, in, that were inhospitable, where no welcome was extended, they were not to press the issue, but move on spreading the message to the, of the kingdom of God to nearby people and towns. To the hospitable strangers, this message was a message of hope and salvation. 
to those who did not extend the warmth and friendship of a gracious host, the same message was a judgment upon them. We said hospitality is a virtue, but let's take it a step further. Hospitality is especially a Christian virtue, and that's because it gives us the opportunity to give of ourselves to love our neighbor. I'd like to tell you a little story, if that's okay. Okay, okay. Well, I'd like to tell you a story about someone you probably maybe haven't even heard of, Alice. <laughs> President Ronald Reagan. You, do you remember him? No, no, okay. <laughs> well, many of you do, and I'm, I, I'm not showing that I'm too old that I remember him as well. But Ronald Reagan's, one of his greatest and strongest characteristics was the way he had of making people feel welcome. And Peggy Newman, Newman, or Noonan, was a speechwriter for President Reagan. And she tells a story about him. And she says she believes this story captures the personality of the former president better than any other she could tell. And it involved an 83-year-old woman by the name of Frances Green, who is from San Francisco. She has survived on her one small Social Security check from month to month. And though she was, had very little money to s spare, each year for eight years, she sent one dollar to the National Republican con Convention, or committee, I mean. And one day, as she was going through a mail, she received an invitation. And she opened it and saw that it was from the Republican National Committee, inviting her to attend a White House dinner to meet President Reagan. She didn't notice the small RSVP that encouraged her to send a big generous gift along with her <laughs> response. But excited, she thought, I'm going to go. She scraped together every last cent she had and took a four-day train ride across America. To save money, she slept sitting up each night in a standard seat. And when Francis finally arrived at the White House, the guard at the gate looked over the list and then looked over a second time and said, I can't find your name on the list of guests. And he told her that he couldn't let her in. It happened, though, however, that an executive from Ford Motor Company was right behind her and heard everything that was going on in their conversation. Realizing something wrong, was wrong, he called her aside and listened to her story. He asked her, would you be willing, Francis, to come back tomorrow at 9 o'clock? And she agreed. In the meantime, the executive got in touch with the presidential aide who arranged a personal White House tour for Mrs. Green. There was even a possibility of her getting to shake hands with President Reagan, if all went well. Well, unfortunately, the next day when she came, everything went well until 
she found out that he might not be able to meet with her. President Reagan was having one of the worst days of his presidency. Attorney General Ed Meese had resigned that morning, and there was a military uprising occurring overseas. And during his her tour, the aide told her that due to the day's events, meeting the president was out of the question. But if she was lucky, she might look down the hallway and see him passing from one room to another. When she looked down the hallway, President Reagan did come out of one room, and he was leaving his Joint Chiefs of Staff meeting. And he saw Francis Green, who he'd been told about. He smiled at her and said, Francis, come here. And she went over to him and he says, you know, those darn computers, they always goof things up, don't they? She agreed with him and he said, well, mine goofed it up and, or I would have been here to greet you personally. And he said, why don't we take a second and go into this room over here? They said afterwards, he was probably being way too hospitable. He didn't have the time or the energy. But according to Noonan, Reagan gave Francis Green something more important than his time. She, he gave her himself. Hospitality is like that. He sat with her for a, a while talking about California, talking about her family, talking about her situation in life, and then he excused himself. Hospitality doesn't always have to mean driving to where the homeless are, sleeping. It doesn't mean we have to go onto sidewalks or take people into our homes to provide them a place to sleep for the night. But it could mean involving ourselves in programs that help people like that. President Reagan showed that in his dealing with Francis Green. We can do the same by encouraging the people of our church as a congregation to get involved in programs and projects that extend that kind of hospitality to those who are in need and who need it profoundly. Hospitality can be a personal endeavor as well. Maybe you know of someone, an individual, or maybe a whole family. Right on your own street, in your own neighborhood, is going, who is going through tough times. Christian hospitality might be something as simple as going over and saying, hello, how are you? And giving them a listening ear. Or maybe delivering a fresh loaf of bread or a pie and letting those people know that they care to us. For we are delivering not only ourselves, but the love of Jesus Christ. Maybe it is a caregiver who needs a spare moment to get away and go to the store and recharge their batteries after their care for a loved one 24 hours a day. Or maybe it's a single parent who can't afford to pay for someone to watch the child. So we offer to babysit. 
There are any number of ways that we can reach out. And I think Christ is telling us that to show hospitality, you don't have to do it in one way or another. A smile, a pat on the back, or even maybe a little later when we share the peace. To do it genuinely and to mean it when we say, peace be with you. Always keep in mind that when we give of ourselves, we also are truly giving Jesus Christ. Learn the art of gracious, being a gracious host. And Jesus will always keep his light on for you. Just like Bodet does for us with Motel 6. So, keep the light of Jesus shining in your heart, in your life, and in your actions. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks that you watch over us constantly and you call us to do your will. Help us so that we allow our light to shine constantly so that people around us might know that we are your children, being hospitable to those around us because you have taught us well. Help us so that we can show that power in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen.